0: Presenting Detective Nick Harris in a salute to the law. Ladies and gentlemen, we again bring you Detective Nicholas B. Harris, chief of the internationally known Los Angeles Detective Agency, bearing his name in another dramatized true life story proving to the youth of today the folly of committing
1: crime.
2: Mr. Harris. Thank you, Mr. Applegate, and good evening, everyone.
0: In your line of work, Mr. Harris, I suppose you encounter fanatics with
2: fantastic schemes to reform or save the world? Uh, yes, George. And they're not only uh, always so fantastic, either. For instance, there was a man who called himself the Avenging Angel. The first time I met him was several years ago when a quiet, uh, well-dressed gentleman called at my office.
1: Frankly, Mr. Harris, the name Collins is not my real name. Professional name, I presume. Well, call it that. It won't be necessary, will it, for you to know my real name? Well, that depends entirely on what you want me to do. All I want is your help in helping me to help others. How? Well, I wish to be known as the avenging angel. I don't quite understand, Mr. Collins. Well, to avenge those who cannot avenge themselves. To punish those who would otherwise go unpunished. Well, the
2: law takes care of that. The
1: law tries to, or is intended to. But aren't there cases where the law is not applied, cases within the law perhaps where a great wrong and a grave injustice is perpetrated, yet nothing is or can be done by the law enforcement agency? Well, unfortunately, Mr. Collins, there are such cases. Well, it's in situations of that kind, Mr. Harris, that I wish, with the help of your agency, to play the role of the avenging angel. Mm -hmm. I see. And just when would you like to start? At once, if possible. Well...
2: Here's a case that has all the earmarks of being the kind you described. During the noon hour, the switchboard girl took a call asking us to send someone to an address on the south side. Checking back, we found no telephone at that address. Ordinarily, that would have ended it, unless we heard from it again. But it so happened one of my operatives, Joe Martin, had business at San Pedro, so I asked him to stop on his way down to investigate that phone call. I guess the woman didn't realize the window by the front door was open from the top, so Martin could hear everything she and her son had to say. I don't know where
3: those men could have taken your father, Jimmy. Look through the window, Jimmy, and see who that is. It's the man, Ma. I bet I know who he is. Who, Jimmy? The man from the detective agency. Detective agency? Yes, the one I called from the phone at the drugstore. You called, detective? Oh... Jimmy, you shouldn't have done that. Well, gee, Ma, we got to do something about getting Dad back. Oh, but I told you what those men said they'd do to us if we notified the police. Sure, the police. But they didn't say anything about not calling the detective agency. Oh, it's the same thing, son of a word. Oh, tell him to go away. Tell him it's all a mistake. But gee, Ma... Oh, never mind. I'll tell him. And don't you say a word, Jimmy. Understand? Not one word. Yes?
0: My name's Martin, ma'am. Mr. Harris of the detective agency asked me to stop here. What about? Well, I don't know exactly. Uh, That's what I expected you to tell me.
3: Well, there must be some mistake.
0: No, no. This is the address given us over the telephone.
3: Why, I didn't call you. I'm sure it's a mistake. Anyway, I don't want to talk to you.
0: Now, look, Mrs. Newton, if you're in some kind of trouble... No, no,
3: no, no, I'm not in any trouble. And anyway, I can't talk about it. Now,
0: Mr.
2: Harris will be glad to help
0: you.
3: I can't talk about it, I tell you. Please go away.
2: So... Uh, Martin had to go down to San Pedro on his other case. And he gave me that report over the telephone, Mr. Collins, just before you came in.
1: It's plain that this Mrs. Newton is in serious trouble. And too terrified to tell anyone about it.
2: But from what
1: you've heard, does this sort of case interest you? It sounds like just the sort of case I'm looking for. Can you go with me now to call on Mrs. Newton? Yes, but I think we'll get further talking to her son, Jimmy. Well, how can we? I mean, without seeing Mrs. Newton first. It shouldn't
2: be difficult. If we can get to Jimmy's school before closing hour, I'll pick up a map on the way out that'll tell us which school he attends. I'm Mr. Harris, ma'am. Possibly you remember me?
3: Oh, Oh, yes, of course, Mr. Harris. You spoke to our pupils at an assembly last year.
2: Could you tell me offhand if you have a boy in school here by the name of Newton... Imagine in the fifth or sixth grade.
3: Oh, oh! you must mean Jimmy Newton.
2: Yes, I'd like to talk to Jimmy, if I may.
3: Why, certainly, I'll send for him. Jimmy, this is Mr. Harris.
2: I'm glad to know you, Jimmy. And thank you very much, Miss Rankin.
3: Not at all. Are you the detective? Yes, Jimmy. Gee, I'm sure you came.
2: Are you? Well, look, suppose we walk out to the car.
3: Okay, yeah. I'm sure I'm glad you came to the school, too. You see, my mother's afraid to talk to anybody. And she says I mustn't need her. Why not? Because she's scared. Scared of what they'll do to her. And to me.
2: Scared of what who will do?
3: The men that took my father away.
2: Do you know who they were?
3: Not for sure, but I got an idea.
2: Well, let's sit here in the car. Okay. Hop in, Jimmy. And this is Mr. Collins. Hello. I'm glad to know you, Jimmy. You sit in the back seat with Mr. Collins, and I'll sit in the front. You say you have an
3: idea who these men were? I don't know for sure, because I wasn't home when they came. But I think they were from Arizona.
2: Well, why do you think that?
3: Well, I was playing football. You know, not regular football. Just kicking and catching punts up the street. I saw a car stopped in front of our house. And when it went by awful fast, somebody kind of hollered. Your father? I think so now, the car had an Arizona license. Uh, what was your father's? Uh, I mean, what is your father's business, Jimmy? He used to be a painter by trade, mm-hmm. but lately, he's been mostly mining.
1: You mean working as a miner?
3: Dad has some claims, claims, see, and he worked them himself mostly. All alone? Oh, he had oh. fellows help him sometimes when he had money enough to pay them.
2: Uh, where, where were these claims?
3: Well, one was up near the desert. Dad took Mom and me up there a couple times. Lately? That was over a year ago. Dad had to quit work because he, he couldn't go any deeper without machinery. But he's sure there's gold on that mine because he could only get down to it if uh, What's your father
1: been doing lately, Jimmy?
3: I don't know. He's been away from home mostly. We never know when he's coming. And then he's always gone before daylight. The last time Dad was here, I didn't know a thing about it till I got home and found my mother crying. Well,
1: Jimmy, what did she tell you then?
3: Not much. Just that two men came and made Dad go away in their car. And I mustn't tell anybody about anything about it or notify the police. Because if I did... What, Jimmy? If I did, those men would take us away, too, or nobody would ever find us.
2: Uh, Does your mother know who these men are?
3: I think so, sir. But Ma won't talk about it, not even to me. Gee, what are we going to do? Well,
2: the first thing, Jimmy, is to persuade your mother that we're her friends and only want to help her. We'll drive you over to your own home, home now, because you see, Jimmy, unless your mother will tell us all she knows about these men, it'll be hard for us to do anything about locating your father.
3: Yes, sir. You turn to the right at the next corner.
2: I know, Jimmy. This is the street.
3: Yeah, it was right here where our kids were playing football, like I told you. When that car with the Arizona, hey, look! Oh, what, Jimmy? Look, there's a car coming around the driveway now. They're coming out fast. They're going two blocks ahead. They're turning to the left. Look at them go. Look at them scared. No. Gee, they're gonna crash. Oh, no, no, they made it.
2: Did you recognize that car, Jimmy?
3: Huh? Never saw it before. Anyhow, I don't think I did. Look like a brand new car. I bet it was those men, because who else could it be?
2: Well, we'll soon know. Let's go to your house. All right. Come on, Jimmy.
3: Mom. Hey, Mom. It's me, Jimmy. Hey, Mom. Gee, that's funny. Gee, Mr. Harris, maybe those men.
2: Did
3: you key Jimmy? No, Mom's always here to let me in. Or if she's out to the store or anything, she leaves the back door key into the steps. Can you see anything through the window, Mr. Collins? No,
1: Jimmy. Uh, Run around back and see if the key's there.
3: Yeah, sure. I'll go right now.
1: Harris. Yeah. Look in this window, please. Yeah. Dark inside. Hard to see anything. Over in the farthest corner. Isn't there something, someone lying there huddled against the wall?
2: You're right. Must be the boy's mother. And she looks as if we might have come too late. I'm going in through that window, and when Jimmy comes back, keep him out here until I call. Right. I'll open that door from the inside.
3: No, the key isn't there, but Dad's old car's in the garage, so Mom must be... Where's Mr. Harris? all right,
1: Jimmy. Mr. Harris broke the window in order to get into the house.
3: Then you did see something. Mom, let me go. Let me go. Mr. Collins, please. i got to get in there. Mr.
1: Harris will open the door for us in a minute, Jimmy.
3: It was those men... It must have been. What have they done to Mom? I
1: don't know. I I don't know any more than you do.
3: Let me go so I can see. Jimmy? Yes, sir.
2: Now get hold of yourself. Your mother's going to be all right. But she's badly hurt, and you can help her most by keeping the stiff upper lip and taking this like a man. Understand?
3: Yes, sir. Can I see her?
2: In a moment. No telephone here, is there? No, sir. All right, you go into the next room and help Mr. Collins lift your mother out the Davenport. I've got to go to a hospital, get her there as quickly as possible, and I'll take a car to the corner and
1: phone will be right back. Okay, Harrison. Come on, Jimmy. Oh, I must have gone
3: in. Hey, Mr. Collins. Yes, Jimmy, what is it? Mr. Collins. She ain't my mom.
1: Not your mother. Well, who is she?
3: I don't know, Mr. Collins. I've never saw her before. But,
1: Jimmy. Well, whoever she is.
3: But where's my mom? What's become of her? What was that?
1: Someone in that room. Must be Mom.
3: I'll go see. Jimmy,
1: me. don't go in that room. Stay here.
3: But it must be Mom. Mr. Collins, who else could it be?
1: Shh, hush. We'll see you in a minute.
3: Look, the woman. She's opening her eyes. She's trying to sit up. Yes,
1: that's good. Now just take it easy. It's gonna be all right. Now don't try to set up. Lie back, I said.
3: The door. It's opening. Let me go.
0: Harris, is that any way to leave it?
2: Well, sorry, George, but you'll have to wait until next Tuesday at the same hour for the rest of the story of The Avenging Angel. Well, at least, Mr. Harris, uh, tell us who... uh... No, but we'll begin next week at the precise moment when that door opens, and I promise you that. Well...
0: Thank you, Mr. Harris. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just heard another true life story brought to you by Detective Nicholas B. Harris, internationally famous Los Angeles criminologist and chief of the detective agency bearing his name. Although this was a true story, fictitious names and places have been used throughout this narrative. The story was dramatized for radio presentation by Ralph Burchard and is a Carolyn Carroll production. Those participating in this radio drama were Dorothy Wade, Harriet Childs, Calvin Ellison and Charles E. Bender. And now, may we call your attention to a new series of crime prevention programs featuring Detective Harris entitled, How Detectives Work. This new series is heard each Sunday over this same station at 12.30 o'clock. All the scientific methods used in modern-day crime prevention are explained by Mr. Harris. He reveals the mysteries of the fingerprint system, the lie detector, and hundreds of other interesting details in the life of a modern-day Sherlock Holmes. Remember the time, 12.30 on Sundays, the station KECA and the program How Detectives Work, featuring Detective Nicholas B. Harris.